your design of your studio looks great. Yeah, well, I'm out of that one now, the the one that was in my garage. So now I'm doing everything in my office. We got a new house, and I'm just I'm not doing it in much. the office of the house or yeah, not in the office of the house. I so, think I've is that, but that's still your latest one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks. I thought it yeah. looked like a real yeah. set. Oh yeah, well, it, I mean, we built it out to be a real set, but yeah. it, but I'm not doing in person interviews there. Gotcha. I, I, we so have, where do you do those at? We haven't been doing them for now. I'm just doing everything on Skype, which is fine because like, of COVID nineteen or um, because of. It kind of started because of COVID, but also I just don't want that many people in my house anymore. <laughs> you know, I've had too many guests like, that many turn people on knowing me. where you I live. I don't want people knowing where really? I live. Really, you've had yeah. guests turn on you? Oh yeah. When you say turn on you. You mean they just no longer like you anymore? Are we on right now? Are we on? We on? could be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that you have a way harder time getting through life than the average person, Ari. I, I don't know why anybody would listen to this. I know I won't. Ari? Your advice single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to You're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Also, I'll say this ahead of time. You've done enough interviews where you're not going to say anything you regret, but if you do, I'm not no, here no, to no, make no, you no. look bad so I can edit anything out you uh, want. No editing. Yeah, yeah. No editing. If I look bad, it will be I edit me. myself a lot. Yeah, you I'll can edit yourself. I'll say something bad and then I'll edit myself. No editing of me, please. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got you it. can edit yourself out, whatever you want. No That's editing fine. of you. You got it. Yeah. I was going to say also before we get started that I don't know how you agreed to do my podcast or why you're here, but I feel very <laughs> underqualified <laughs> to be talking to you. That's all right. And I, when I listen to you talk on your podcast and other shows, I think to myself, that guy knows a lot. And when I think about myself, I don't know anything. So I feel like this right, well, is going to be kind out. of a, a lesson out. for me right. as much more so than even a conversation or anything else. I feel like I'm going to be learning a lot today. All right. Well, it's only so, one o'clock and I've been up for like 27 <laughs> hours. So oh, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe that'll maybe be a it little out. bit. Yeah. 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 A little bit even playing field. But I was listening to your podcast last night, I think the one you put out, and it was a victory speech, essentially, for Trump. I told you guys Trump was going to win. Looks like he's winning. But then I wake up today, and now it looks like he's losing. Yeah. So let's start there. Have you been called out on this? Is this has <laughs> this happened to you a lot? So I listened to you right before I was going to bed. I was feeling good. I was like, yeah, I feel good about myself. I voted. I voted for the guy I want. He's going to win. And then I wake up. He's not going to win. Well, first off, we should be very clear about the exact timing of this interview right this moment. Can I get the exact time, Pacific time right now? What is it? It's got to be about one o'clock. 12.54. It is 12.54 p.m. November 4th. Wednesday, November 4th. Wednesday, November 4th. So as I'm walking into this, Mm -hmm. right, as I'm walking into this building, they're now saying that Trump will get Pennsylvania, which he had Mm -hmm. like a 500,000 vote lead on. They're saying they're going to contest Wisconsin, which had like a 20,000 vote discrepancy, which is basically nothing. And now it sounds like if I'm if I'm hearing this right on the Twitter and anything you hear on Twitter mm-hmm. is obviously fact, it sounds like they are going to now uncertify that that Biden won Arizona. 
So there how does is, that work? None of how does any of it work <laughs> at this point? I mean, the, the the secret that I think all the pundit class and all the people who babble about politics all day and the pollsters and all these people, the secret that they don't and want you to know. Would you put yourself in this category or a separate category? Since I would you put talk myself about politics all day. But. I would put myself. I would think in like an adjacent category, like okay. you know that there's this new media thing, and I say all the time, I don't consider myself a journalist. I mm. suppose at some level, because these people are so negligent, <laughs> that I am doing journalism at some level. But it also depends, you know. I but it's not what you identify as on the top of your list. If you could describe yourself in three words, journalists would not be one of them. No, I mean, I'm an interviewer and yeah. I tell people what I think and that's about it. I would say you're and, an intellectual. Yeah. All right. I would say you're a scholar. <laughs> I did speak at Oxford Union. That Are was you a college good. graduate? I am a college oh, graduate. I went to SUNY Binghamton in New York. I've never heard yeah. of it, but it sounds like a good place. State University of New York at Binghamton. Binghamton which is upstate New York, it is was voted the most depressing place in all of the United States. And would you agree with that? I, I was very stoned for those years. <laughs> very stoned. I don't know if that, I, so I had my own depression. I don't know. I don't remember the place being that depressed. I was, I was pretty depressed at the time. But anyway, I don't, I don't really consider myself a journalist, but I'm just mm -hmm. telling people what I think. And I right. think what has happened here is that we don't have people that just tell you what they think and and are upfront about what their biases are. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm completely unbiased obviously. Sure. If you know anything about what I do, like I uh, there are obviously beliefs that I have mm -hmm. and there is a system but you try to be United as unbiased States. as you can be. Yeah, I try to tell people what I think is true and mm -hmm. then I try to sort of map that against how I want the world to be and then right. if you like that, listen and if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. Apparently I have a lot of people that don't like me that listen and it's like <laughs> Go get laid, man. I'm always wondering, like, what are, are you they, doing? You're do you hate think, are watching those, are, me. Yeah, that's what, are those people watching you just to find things you say? Oh, and yeah. Just to get you, essentially? These losers. It really, it's like, man, pick up Jordan Peterson's book and clean your room. You know <laughs> what I mean? Clean your room because if you're watching, and I don't even mean this just about me, but if you're spending all your day, and there's a lot of people that do this. I mean, there are nonprofits like Media Matters and, and Southern Poverty I call it the Southern Poverty Hate Center that are that are set up to do this. That they're just watching podcasters and comedians oh, and all of these all day long just to get you, just so that when you put a comma somewhere where they wanted the comma before that word, they think that means you know you're you wrong. meant something else you completely. You're a racist. You're a bigot. The rest of it. So the idea that you're sitting around all day long and there are these Twitter accounts devoted to clipping my stuff and, you know, removing the word, but, or, <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, what are you people doing with your lives? I'm really curious about that are when they, I, when I see these do things. Do they seek attention? Is it more clickbait stuff they're creating? Is it all Well, I'm above? good for clicks, I guess, yeah. which is weird. I, yes. I never, you know, like I like what I do and a certain amount of people like what I do, but the fact that that there seems to be this very dedicated group of Reddit losers and these, I don't know, you know, I don't even know where these people congregate actually, but whatever it is, it's like they're really devoted to trying to take me out. And I'm like, man, if you're wasting your time with me, you know what I mean? Like I am pretty Aren't much- the worst people to fry? Yeah, like there's plenty, of, but also it's like the stuff that I write about, the stuff that I talk about on the show, like I am probably- one of the most centrist in, in the truest sense, meaning I just want whatever you want to do in your life, I want you to do it as long as you don't take my stuff. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> Seems it. Seems reasonable. You know, with a couple little guardrails beyond that and that these people find that so deeply 
uh, I'll take it one step further. Yeah. Like you are, uh, you know, you're on a side of things to on typically on issue. There's another side that people can argue against or have a reason to not like oh, of you. Course, of course. I don't even like haters in general. If you're watching a video and don't like the guy, go to the next video. Go to the next video. Why say anything? Why even even if you were a terrible guy doing things? Okay, then cl- cl- don't watch him. Yeah, click away. You have no control over the world or or these people. What are you doing? What do you? I mean, I know we're all wasting our lives online. We're I just all, don't like haters. Doing it. But but there's porn online. Do you know about that? Oh, I've seen a countless you know, amount. Of it's like why porn. wouldn't you go watch porn hundreds and instead hundreds of, of hours instead of, of hate watching me? Why don't just go watch porn? That would be more productive. Anything, than, but anything would literally be more productive. But I don't I don't know what that is actually. I, I mean, I have a sense of what is it, it is. I think sad people. I think there's a lot of young people that are that are actually really lost. I think this is why Jordan Peterson actually caught fire for those couple of years that he was, you know, that he was out there, and you know, I toured with him for a year and a half. And I he think, no longer touring. Well, obviously, well, he's COVID, he's but. MIA at the moment. He's he's had some medical issues. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And whatever else, but um, but I think there is for young people like a real lack of purpose or mm. lack of meaning in their life. So they sit there. They grew up on the internet. You know, I'm I'm an old timer. I'm 44. I didn't grow up on the internet. Is 44 old timer? Well, relative to you to know these, these kids. kids with yeah, their yeah. phones and gadgets and all that stuff. But I did just get uh, PlayStation VR, which what game? I just uh, well, I just got like the well, I tried to get this Darth Vader game and I couldn't get it to work. So now I got some like compilation game. I'm a little robot and I'm jump, <laughs> kind of like Mario That's and I'm fun, right? jumping around. Yeah, I play for literally <laughs> two minutes. You're not an old timer. No old timer has a PlayStation VR. I play or a podcast. I play for two minutes and I'm like, all right, I got other things to do. I, I don't have time for it. Yeah, I have this. This setup here got? for video editing, but it happens to be a gaming computer. Oh. So I'm like, oh, I might as well download a few games. And then 12 hours later, I'm like, I'm going to delete the games. Doom. Is that big with yeah, the kids I now? Doom. Doom. Doom back yeah. in the day. Doom 95. Yeah. 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 Remake of Doom. Very fun game. Going back to my original question, it seems like Trump is losing according to the mainstream media as of right now. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's get back to that original question. So as of this moment, it's all completely in flux. And, you know, I did an interview with Glenn Beck on his show a couple days ago, and he was asking me about what could be some of the potential, like, bad situations that could arise out of this. And one of them that I said, and I, I just tweeted this clip out, in effect, is exactly what happened, which is we could end up with these close states, but we know that the entire machine is against Trump, right? So the media elite is against Trump, the institutional elite, the educational elite, the entire, the network media, all of that, it's all against Trump. So what I said was, well, what if they just decide not to call certain states, right? And that's sort of exactly what we got because last night, we're here in LA, so around eight o'clock our time, it was looking really good. There was a tremendous amount of momentum. People started looking at the other states, including Pennsylvania, looking at him and going, oh, well, he got Florida now, we got Texas, Pennsylvania's there, like it's all kind of happening. And then suddenly they all stopped at once. Like it was like as if, just like that, they all kind of stopped and now- like, hey, we're losing, let's not continue. And guess what? All these contested states right now, you're not gonna believe what they have. Democratic governors, like this isn't, this isn't rocket science. Mm -hmm. The, The attorney general of Pennsylvania this guy Shapiro, not Ben Shapiro, diff- different Shapiro. <laughs> the opposite. Uh, of he Shapiro. literally, yeah, he literally two or three days ago, before the election, said that Biden will win Pennsylvania. The attorney general. This is the guy that's going to be in charge of whatever recounting mm-hmm. they're doing right now. So my point was that if the system, 
just decides they don't want him to win, which he's the guy that's against the whole system, well, then we could get in a situation like this. So I think we've got a whole bunch of recounts ahead of us. I think we're going to have legal battles. I think there's just going to be endless nonsense. And it'll be good for clicks for certain people. And it'll be good for, you know, CNN's ratings and the rest of it. But like the, the idea that we've extended this thing, like I love this stuff and I live this stuff and I like talking about it and all that, but like it should have ended last night. Like we right. should be moving on to the next or crisis. Or at least today it should have ended. If yeah, not or last least, night. Yeah. Or, or maybe while we're talking about it right, right now, but like we should be moving on to COVID too. <laughs> or whatever the next thing is, you know what I mean? Or the next fire that's going to come through California or something else. But now we're going to be stuck in it for a while. How long you think, if you were to guess? How long till we till we know who the next president is? Well, my hope would be at, at this very moment that it sounds like th that he just got, Trump just got uh, Pennsylvania. If they reverse Arizona and then there really are the numbers that he gets Arizona, then I think he only needs like one other sort of little thing mm -hmm. to get there. So maybe that happens in the next no, couple of days. But I, I sense this going to the courts either way. Like the whole system, you know, everybody in the last couple of weeks was saying we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't accept the results if we lose. Hillary yeah, was literally saying, saying it to Biden. Trump was saying, well, we'd have to see what happens with mm -hmm. this and that. So the whole system is shaking right now, you know, and, and also we just have no trusted people like who do you trust like who's a public person that you're like you, oh that's that, the person i go to. that's what people say you, to me and i'm like man we are in a lot of trouble <laughs> I, i'm not even i'm not i'm not patting myself on the back or demeaning myself but if that's even remotely true because people do say that to me people will come up to me i'll be at this grocery store oh dave you're like the only guy i trust online i'm like well shit what did you call it? The intellectual dark web yeah is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah. explain that to me because i heard you use that in a few terms so that's is that the crew of is the intellectual dark web is that just the crew of intellectuals that have these talk shows well online? i think is it was you, shapiro rogan is that what the intellectual dark web is i think is? it was i think it was a bunch of kind of outsiders that just started talking about what seemed to be the important issues that's it. Like it was a bunch of people from all different walks of life. So you got Ben Shapiro from an Orthodox Jewish perspective and a, and a conservative. You got me, you got Joe Rogan, uh, Sam Harris, who's the well-known atheist. Then you had Jordan Peterson, um, Eric Weinstein, his brother, Brett Weinstein, biologist and economist, Christina Hoff Summers, first wave feminist, all of these, Ayan Hirsi Ali, all of these, these really these smart people, really smart time. people, but people that disagree on all sorts of stuff. Sure. All sorts of stuff. I mean, I always say it's like Shapiro and Harris disagree on literally everything, like from taxes to abortion to the nature of reality to God, like the most existential stuff. Yet we were all able to have conversations with the, right. each other and, and, and travel together and talk in front of audiences and start doing something that was actually really cool and, and very American in that you know, it's all right to disagree with people. That that's just fine. You know, seems reasonable. Um, and and the the IDW, as it was called, just basically blew up. And, and who is that a fan term? Who how? So did Eric it get Weinstein, who is he works with Peter Thiel. Uh, I think he's the managing director of Teal Capital, and he's an economist. He was the one that came up with the phrase. And it was sort of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, like intellectual dark web, because, you know, you think of the dark web. I don't know. You get, what do you get? Drugs. You get, you drugs. get illegal. You get, like, ketamine or whatever. Anything you want. What, cocaine. It's, it's you can buy a child. You can, you buy can, a, you can get, get cocaine online. Uh, well, the dark web. getting too old for that, too. <laughs> but, the, but anyway, but we, we just sort of created this group of people that were willing to talk about all the things that, that we should be talking about, like talk about identity politics, honestly. Talk about 
how the institutions are crumbling right now, how our old system really is getting to the end. And in many ways, as we watch this 77-year-old with dementia, Joe Biden versus this 74-year-old, it's like, well, this is the end of a certain phase of American democracy. Like these guys, I, I like Trump. I, I think he's been a good force basically. And I, well, I would say it a little differently. I would say he's been a necessary force. Doesn't mean he's the greatest guy in the world, but I think he's been a necessary force. But like the idea that these are the two people that the system choked out that we have to choose <laughs> from, it's like something it's ain't right joke. here. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Why did you say that the intellectual dark web is... I heard you on a podcast say it isn't relevant anymore. It's becoming less relevant. Why do you think that? Well, I think there's a couple of things here. Well, I've said some version of it for, for about two months. And, and what I was referring to was that we at first we were having all of these discussions totally openly. And, and I was hosting a lot of them as, as the host of a podcast, right? So they were coming into my home. The thing was sort of built in my garage. I think what, what happened was the, the more lefty side of the IDW crew um, – I think there was a, because of Trump, because of the aversion, like the visceral aversion to Trump, I think they started not necessarily dealing with issues in as honest a way as had become a custom uh, within, within our circle. the mainstream media? No, no, no. I'm talking about just some of the crew that I just mentioned without, oh, without throwing anyone specifically under uh -huh. the bus. And then, and then Jordan sort of disappeared because of the health issues. Ben is as relevant as ever. You know, I've, I've, state as relevant, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that the lefty wing of it that was so against identity politics, that was really the thing that brought us together, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the aversion to identity politics. Well, at some point you can either say, I'm against this thing and here's Trump who's trying to fix it, which he is trying to do, get critical race theory out of the schools, mm -hmm. reverse Title IX, all this stuff, and he's doing it. Like that's, doing it is more important than talking about it. And I, and I had a general sense that if you weren't backing Trump at some level, that you weren't being particularly intellectually honest. I, I would love to continue that conversation with these guys. I don't know if it's going to happen. So what happened? They just, without I think saying names, yeah, they yeah. Started... I think I think they've started to just not have these conversations with the more right leaning people because, because I think they know... I think well, I think we've been sort of proven right, right, and like the the results. They of don't the want election, to jump into a conversation they know they're going to kind of lose. Yeah, it's something like that. You know, like they they kind of don't want to eat crow or something. You know, like regardless of who wins this election, whether Trump wins now or Biden wins this election, it's very obvious that the people have rejected identity politics. You know, the, they said that I saw this morning, um, the non-white Republican vote is the highest since 1960. Now think about that. Everyone runs around saying Trump is the most racist president ever. He's a homophobe and a bigot and a blah, blah, blah. He just got the highest Republican non-white vote since 1960. So that tells you something else is going on. Where do you think that comes from? Because I wanted to talk about that too. Like well, I don't if, think he's a racist. If, if I, but if I tell a 20-year-old girl on Tinder who I match with that I'm voting for Trump, yeah. she, no joke, nine out of 10 of these women here in Los Angeles yeah. will respond, oh, are you a misogynist? Yeah. Are you a racist? Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Where does that come from? That, well, that it's just not only lazy. is Trump this, but all, and if you like him at all or support him in any way, you're a bad person. Most of it's just lazy thinking. Like it's the easiest thing to do to say someone like they, dis you know, you disagree with them. You're a racist. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You're a Nazi. I mean, it's so stupid. It's, it's actually, crazy. it's stupid and it's lazy thinking. It's like Donald Trump, you know, about a month before the COVID lockdowns at the State of the Union, he's up there talking about lowest all-time black unemployment, lowest all-time Latino unemployment. 
And the Congressional Black Caucus and the progressives sat there, arms folded like this, not applauding it. And it's like, what, what is it that you guys are for? I, I thought you would be for low black unemployment, but is it more that you're just against Trump? And in essence, they're just against Trump. Trump is sort of like a magical, he's like a unicorn or something. <laughs> no matter what like, he says. No, no matter what he says, he's whatever you want him to be. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he's whatever yeah. you want him to be. So he does something good. You got to be against it. I, I always say it's like if Trump just started coming out against things that he knows the left is for, they would be against everything that that they stand for. I, I don't know exactly what they stand for, but but no, these these cries of racism. If he was super strict on lockdown. I yeah, think they, the left they, would yeah, be like, he's too strict. We got to open up the country. It's whatever he wants. Is the opposite. Well, that's why it's so crazy. It's like on one hand, they're like, this guy's Hitler and he's evil and blah, blah, blah. And then they're also like, but he should have locked the country down. <laughs> oh, right. So we should have given Hitler more power to, mm -hmm. because nothing they, that's why you should always be wary of power as a general rule. Like you should be wary of power so that the guy that you hate doesn't have too much power. And if you get a guy that you love, well, he can't maybe do everything you want, but that's the trade-off in a healthy right. democracy. Right, you, you might have a great king every now and then, but yeah. then you get a bad one and so, you, so you wish. Exactly, so you wanna just temper the power. But lefties love power. They love the idea that they can control you. And I don't wanna be controlled, certainly by these people. I wanna be controlled by anyone. I'm a strong, look how strong I am. <laughs> no one could control this. So Trump, is evil and you're evil for liking him. Yes. So am I. That's pretty much the conclusion we've come to. Yes. What about these clickbait articles? I wanted to talk to you about that. Oh, is yeah. there is there a solution to that? Because it's the news, but it's also their business and they need the clicks to make money and they want to make money. Yeah. So they have these crazy headlines and then you read the article and you go, well, that doesn't really match yeah. what you said in the headline. Or, or sometimes it does, but it's bullshit. How... I mean, on one hand, the solution is people like you who come out and explain the truth or, or the truth from as best as you can explain it. Yeah. But I feel like that's not a real solution. That's kind of just an alternative to news. Well, the solution is that these things need to crumble. That's the solution. It, it, the New York Times needs to go away. The, the old system... As I said before, it's like shaking right now. The institutions are crumbling. They need to go down. Even today, I was watching these losers at, at the New York Times, Paul Krugman and David Brooks, like these people who get everything wrong always. And it's- It so almost that, seems like they get it wrong on purpose. Well, in an odd way, it's like how they, they really, it's like they live in their ivory tower. It's cliche, but it really is. And what do they hate more than anything else? They hate the idea of Donald Trump, of this guy who eats steak well done with ketchup. That's what they hate the most. Meanwhile, the barbarians are at the gate, right? Like the socialists are here, the communists are here, the people that wanna destroy everything that's good about America, that think capitalism is evil and everything else. They're ready to burst down the gate. You got Trump is the one guy holding the gate. And then you got these elites sitting up there pointing at him going, ha ha, look at his hair, so that they can feel nice as they go to their little party. So I would say the answer is, these things need to go away. You know, the New York Times about a year and a half ago did this huge front page Sunday story on how on the YouTubers that are leading uh, people, leading young people to the far right and the alt right. 
And of course, they included a huge picture of and me. And you don't in even this. identify as a Republican. You identify. No, I'm not a Republican. Yeah. I would say at this point, you know, I don't think there's much difference between, say, an old school liberal, as I've always considered myself, and, and a conservative at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly a conservative at this point, I think. Um, but by the way, you're allowed to be a conservative and have differing opinions, mm -hmm. which is very different than a progressive. Sure, show you... me, show me a progressive that has a differing opinion than another progressive. They're usually trying to kill each other. So <laughs> there's something very different there, but they come out with this article about YouTubers, uh, leading people to the alt-right have my picture on it. They also had Milton Friedman, the economist. I mean, it was just completely bananas. They had Phil DeFranco, the YouTuber who's, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. But at the end of the article, the article ends with the guy that's going down this deep, dark, alt-right rabbit hole on YouTube, finding lefty YouTube, and it saves him, and he comes out as a progressive. So the very thesis of the front page article in the New York Times, YouTube leads young people to the alt-right. They tell a story of this guy, and what does he end up as? A lefty. The happy ending. The happy ending lefty, yeah. but it's completely the reverse of the headline. So it's like that sort of stuff. There have been enough of us, I think, pushing back on it for a long time that, you know, how many, you just have to keep waking up people. Just because the New York Times says it doesn't mean it's true. If anything, it means it probably isn't right. true. Unfortunately, like the solution that you say, they need to be taken down. I just don't see that happen. They're, they're... Well, they'll take themselves down because, right. you know, the more they go into this, this woke stuff, the more they go into identity politics, they won't hire the best writers. They'll hire the best people depending on their immutable characteristics. And over time, you know, this is people why big, stru well, big structures fail because the more that you start doing this kind of stuff, you'll bring in unqualified people. If you were having a heart attack right now, would you care about the gender or skin color of your doctor? No, you'd want the best doctor. You would want the best doctor, but the way they view the world they would literally want you to have the best doctor as long as it fit their criteria. Right. But then over time, what you'll do is you'll degrade the ability of a doctor to be the best qualified doctor because you're going to say, okay, this person should get into this undergraduate program a little more easy than somebody else mm -hmm. because of skin color or whatever. Then he should get into the graduate program a little more easily than someone else because of skin color or sexuality, whatever. Then he should get the job a little bit more easily and perhaps get promoted a little bit more easily. Next thing you know, the lead doctor at a major medical not facility is going to be like the 800th best doctor in the and state. people wonder why America is not number one anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not racist enough. It's because, but what are they trying to do no. in this freaking banana state that we live in? We, I, I hope you voted no on it on what was it, Prop fifteen or sixteen about remember. that they wanted to put. They they literally want to reverse the Civil Rights Act. I don't yeah. even know what happened with it today because I've been so busy with, with the, the, with the with election. The Trump, yeah. But they wanted to put the Civil Rights Act said the government cannot look at your uh, skin color or your ethnicity when hiring. They are literally trying to put it back in California. Right Seems now, crazy. It may have passed. It may have passed. I'm not even sure. I wouldn't be surprised. In California, you'd think it yeah. probably would, right? So the anti-racists are the new racists. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. It's just it's all it's getting moved. The racism kind yeah. of getting shuffled around. Yeah. Now you guys get to be racist. Come around. It's come around. That's too bad. So Trump thanked you on his Facebook page. What was that a week ago? <laughs> it was like uh, about a week ago. What, yeah. Because you said what was explain that to me. You well, said, I said that I had been to I was on Fox and Friends in the morning, and I had said that I was at a Trump rally, and that it was you know full of joy and happy people and diverse and interesting. And I and then I think I, I think what he quoted me on though was that I said I see a lot of American flags here in Los Angeles, and that sh seems to be Trump support to me. 
Yeah, I would say. And you know what I mean? Because if you're in LA, you're not going to fly a a Trump flag because they'll burn these tolerant, (laughs) these tolerant, loving lefties will burn your house down. But if you fly a a Biden flag, it's no problem, right? Mm -hmm. In my neighborhood, there's plenty of Biden things. There's no Trump things, but there are a lot of American flags. And I feel like that's a closeted Trump supporter. Yeah, it became became the proxy, basically. That's pretty funny. So he said, thank you. Now, when he thanked you, that pretty cool, the president of the United States, thank you. Even if you didn't like him, I feel. It'd be cool, like you, you know, if if you That's were like Hitler, thank you, <laughs> so or or kind of, uh, you know, like for example, I went to a military high school, and I didn't know anything about politics, still don't. But at that time, George uh, W. Bush came to our school, and we shook his hand, and he talked to our school, and of course, after that, I love George Bush because yeah. I met him and shook his hand, even yeah. though he was now one of the most hated presidents or yeah. whatever lowest. In retrospect, I think he was pretty decent. Yeah. He screwed up Iraq. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) No one's perfect. But at the time, I loved him. So when he thanked you, probably felt pretty good. But were you able to you, was it the president of the United States giving you a shout out or was it Trump giving you a shout out? Yeah, that's the the weird thing with Trump. So it's actually the second time that he had mentioned me on Twitter. He had mentioned me like a month ago, something similar because of Fox and Friends. But this one was like more direct and bold. Mm -hmm. And also because it was, you know, like eight days out from the election, it felt kind of much bigger or something. Um, Well, the funny thing is I had done Fox and Friends, which it's super early on the East Coast. So I was up at like 4 a.m. sort of like this morning. And then I went back to sleep. So when I woke up at like nine, my phone was melting. You know, when you touch your phone sometimes and it's like, you got like a nuclear device, like there's a meltdown on this thing. And I look and I see a gajillion, you know, Twitter's blowing up, text messages, emails, phone calls. Now, and- it's hard, it's interesting to me that you would even notice that because in my mind you have over a million followers on YouTube, you have 150 on Instagram, you have you have tons of followers. Yeah. So even on a normal day, you're getting a lot of notifications. But I, I shut notifications off for most things, and I don't. So even, you're getting text messages. I was. From it was. You know. a, it was a lot of text messages. Mm-hmm. That it was the text messages and phone calls that that actually show up on my yeah, phone. Yeah. The, the Twitter stuff I don't see until I open Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, but to answer your question, it's weird because. I think generally you're right in the 200 plus years of this country, if the president of the United States had said something nice about you, uh, this would be thought of as like an honor and a pretty great thing. Because it's Trump and also because social media has made everybody kind of bananas, it's like, in a weird way, I was like, oh, that's very cool. And then my my immediate thought after was like, ah. Now I'm gonna have to <laughs> deal with that all day, and then you know it just in it just invites you know anonymous furry dingbats to just say exactly awful like you've just about from you one yeah. from one man saying thank you, yeah. you probably have a hundred thousand new haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that one thing, they're gremlins. They're gremlins. You throw them in water and they multiply. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. By the way, Prop 16 was rejected by voters. All right, so that is fantastic. So Prop 16, we were literally going to you know they always talk about systemic racism. The system is racist. That is what these idiots put on the ballot, and we rejected it in California. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. That's a great sign. That. That's a great sign for California. It means there's a lot of people in the closet who really aren't as progressive as they want us Perhaps, to be. Perhaps, hopefully. So this is my first time voting, and I always heard this this rumor. I don't know if it's true that if you vote, it increases your chance of getting jury duty. I believe that is true because is I true. think that that's how they track you. Yeah. Shouldn't have voted. I knew, yeah. I knew I shouldn't have voted. <laughs> Nothing that's good. Well, listen, we're in COVID. Do we even have trials anymore? <laughs> I, I keep know. thinking that. Like, the what have Zoom they done? Trials. Is anyone on trial anymore? Has any, if you murder somebody right now, what do they do with you? They're going to Zoom you? 
That's a good question. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you just get you Math get off. Trial. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you just let they just like hold you for a few minutes and then that like That seems like that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that is not a rumor. Okay. That that's is good. not no, a rumor. People right, would always right. look at me like I'm when they say, why didn't you vote? I said, well, I don't want to do jury duty. Yeah. No. And that's. But now I found out if you just ignore the jury duty mail, you don't have to do it. Well, it becomes increasingly more threatening as time goes on. And then I guess that maybe at some point they just give up. Like, I don't know that the old days of like someone showing up at your house, like you've ignored 70. Letters. I ignore all of them. And then if, yeah. if they catch me, I go, I don't check the mail. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't check the mail that week. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't, that hasn't happened to me. That's my plan. I'm just a little behind down the mail. If they were to email me, yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah. Hey, guys. If you didn't know, it's Singles Day this Wednesday. I wasn't familiar with this holiday, but it is exactly what it sounds like, a celebration of being single. So do it big and treat yourself to a killer deal from Mac Weldon. Whatever men's basics you need, Mac Weldon has you covered with unmatched comfort and fit. I personally have a couple pairs of Mack Weldon boxer briefs, as well as some sweatpants. And I have to say, both the boxer brief and the sweatpants are my personal favorite. The boxer briefs are so soft that I like sleeping in them, as well as wearing them around. They don't get all smelly at the end of the day because of the technology and their fabric. The sweatpants are comfortable, but also they're really well fit. So I could wear them out. I've even worn them on a date and gotten compliments on them i just i like them because it feels like i'm in my pajamas but out in the world it's sweet they have socks also shirts hoodies underwear polos active shorts they have a consistent fit they also have a loyalty program that means you get free shipping at level one for life and that's free level two if you spend 200 dollars, you get 20 percent off every order for the next year they also have a guarantee so if you get a pair of underwear and you don't like it, you could keep it for free. They'll refund you. No questions asked. Score big this Singles Day, Wednesday, November 11th, and get 20% off your first order when you visit MacWeldon.com slash unlicensed therapy and enter promo code unlicensed therapy. That's MacWeldon.com slash unlicensed therapy. Promo code unlicensed therapy for 20% off. Mac Weldon reinventing men's basics. Let's get back to the show. One thing that I've noticed about Biden supporters or the the people on the far left is they refuse to say anything positive about Trump. They yeah. cannot acknowledge, at least the people in my life, there's in my bubble. Yeah. My uncle uh, hates, you know, hates Trump. Yeah. And I said, well, is there... Is there a silver lining? Is there anything about him you like? No, nothing. No. He's the worst. He's no, the no. worst person in the world. There's nothing good about him at all. You know, people used to be for Middle East peace when I was growing up. <laughs> that was one of the things we all agreed on. Would you like mm -hmm. peace in the Middle East? I'd like peace in the Middle East. Do you like peace in the Middle East? Yeah. Everybody wanted peace in the Middle East. Now, for the last four years, Trump has got us into no wars. He scaled back Iraq, scaled back Afghanistan. Israel signed at least three peace deals under Historic him. It sounds like there'll trading. be like five more probably coming. And now we don't talk about it. Do you know that that foreign policy didn't even show up at the debates? You know, there were supposed to be three debates and then they canceled one because of COVID. Didn't show up for like a there, second or no? Well, at, the only thing that was related to foreign policy was a little bit about China because of Hunter Biden and, and COVID. But there was nothing in terms of like just like policy. Like what is the policy? What is the foreign policy of the United States? Did not come up once. So Trump, I think, actually dropped the ball on that at the last debate. He needed to be like, because his people wanted to get it in and they they failed. He needed to just, when they threw a question at him, be like, you know, 
that's great. That's great. That. But I want to tell you a little something. I, I did the thing that nobody said could be done. And that's what I do. You know? I feel like at the last debate, it doesn't matter what either of them said. People had their minds made up at this yeah, point. Yeah, that. Well, I would. You know, there's Maybe always wrong, that. There's that always small. that sliver. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to picture that person. You know, but but they do exist. Like that person who literally two the last days 24 ago, twenty four hours, is like, I changed my mind. Yeah, I changed my mind, or I finally yeah. thought about all of this stuff, and I like came up with my solution. You know, or my answer. What I want to hear from you is if Biden wins, what's the silver lining there? What will be positive from you who? who outwardly promoted Trump, voted for Trump. What can well, I look forward to if Biden wins? Well, if Biden wins, you know, it's in a certain way as a guy that talks for a living, it's good for you because to be against the power is always more interesting. You know what I mean? That That is just, a, I think that's just a standard fact. Like, because then you see the government doing certain things and you can try to like, push them as much as possible. Now, if your guy's in, you can also try to push him and influence him more. But I think being the true outsider, that's why you know the, all of these people that were like, we're the resistance. And it's like, you guys aren't the resistance. What do you mean you're the resistance? You have, the big, you have big tech, you have big tech, you got the media, you have Hollywood, you guys aren't the resistance. You're the, you're the pretend resistance. The resistance, ironically, has been Trump throughout this. Like that's the, ins yeah, that's the that insurgency, way. right? Like mm -hmm. the insurgency is not a bunch of like gender queer whatever, like they're arguing about whether a vagina is a penis or whatever they're doing. I don't know. Is that a thing? That seems like something that they're doing. So what would be a silver lining? I mean, I think it'll be pretty bad for the country if Biden wins. Like, <laughs> but there's got to be something good. Yeah. A silver lining? Well, first off, something well, really first off I don't think Biden really will be president. I mean, the man has dementia. We know he has dementia. We're never going to see him. The second, and he won't make it the four years. They'll, they'll announce he has a mental problem or cognitive stuff or, or some other thing. You don't but think they'll hide it for the four years? I don't think they'll be able to hide it for the four years. I think they'll probably hide him for a while. There won't be press conferences. He won't get out. You know, they'll also figure out how they want to do COVID. Are we going into major lockdowns again and federal lockdowns and wear a mask everywhere? Like, what kind of idiot would vote for these things? Why would you vote to give the government well, every bit who, of- who think that COVID's killing- Everyone, and if you get yeah, you know, I mean, young people not, get COVID, they're gonna. I know, but yeah. these people, if you say you don't wear a mask, they go, "Oh, well, you're a selfish person. You're killing everyone in the world." Yeah, no, they so, literally do yeah, say that. I, yeah. I went to the Trump rally in Beverly Hills last week, and I didn't wear a mask. Right. Some people did wear masks. Um, I'm relatively yeah, young. According to the left, you're a murderer. Yeah, I'm a mur no, I know. So, but, no, trust me, I was getting those messages. <laughs> I get it, but it's like I'm I'm evaluating risk in my life. And look, I would have no problem at this point never wearing a mask again and, and wandering around and all that stuff. When I go to Whole Foods, they make you put a mask on. So I don't need to cause a scene every right, time. Right, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be the Karen on YouTube. Right, exactly. But I was walking my dog one day and some guy across the street is yelling at me about not having a mask on. And it's like, hey, we're not even within 30 feet of each other. You know, Be like mind your own fucking and, business. And mind your own fucking business. Mind your own fucking business. I'm not getting anybody sick. If anything, we, we have a lot of parties at my house. A lot of people come over. And it's like, nobody's gotten sick. And even if somebody got sick, if I got sick tomorrow, I don't want to get sick. Sure. But if I got sick tomorrow, I know two people that actually, that are sort of my age. Statistically, you're going to be had, fine. Yeah. They had COVID. Guess what? They were sick for about three days and then they were okay. Well, let's just, let's destroy the world so that no one ever gets sick. It's, let's destroy the economy, ruin people's dreams, it's close people every who restaurant. Listen to the headlines. Yeah. I think that truly, even if you're on the left and you think that everyone should stay inside and wear a mask and not 
that all this stuff, it's because you just listen to headlines. Because if you actually do the research, you, even according to the CDC, you'd be like, okay, it's not that bad. I think we should open it the just, economy look, back up look, and live the, our lives. At the end of the day, what have you been more affected by, COVID or the lockdowns? And not only that, but remember, February or March, we were told two weeks, 15 days, 14 days to to flatten the curve. That's what they kept saying. And it's like, uh, that was eight months ago. And now they're literally Gavin Newsom, this buffoon governor we have here, is talking about how many people you're allowed to have for your at your house for Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. and whether you can do Wear it a inside mask or not. Your sister yeah, and, and, your don't, and don't no singing. It's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> you know, like he he is awful. He is just absolutely I, awful. It's it's a mystery that he is somehow running the state that we're in as a homosexual individual in Los Angeles <laughs> that is uh people. People at least for the think, record, I'm only gay after 10 p.m. So oh, okay, so right you're like now, women right now, yeah, yeah, yeah right Fantastic. now, yeah, I'm good. So you're gay, and you are on the right, yeah. So you're kind of an enemy of I'm your here. people, especially yeah. here in Los Angeles. Yeah, is that conflicting? Is that did you think about that when you switch sides? Is that well, it does that affect there. you at all? Are you part of that community? Because no. I would imagine, like, if you walked around West Hollywood, a lot of these people probably hate your guts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I never, I used to live in West Hollywood. So I used to live right here, basically, mm. where we are now. Uh, you know where Earth Cafe is over yeah. there on Melrose? I used to live right over there. And uh, I, I've been with my husband for 10 years. We've been married for five years. I was never really into that scene. So it's not like I was going to the Abbey every night and mm -hmm. like partying and like yeah, doing yeah. drugs and like that whole thing. Like I just didn't, I didn't do it. I'm not even judging people for doing it. I, I just didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, it wasn't you. You know what I do miss about leaving West Hollywood is that uh, Halloween, which we obviously Super just fun. passed, where you get all of these guys that live their whole lives just so that they can put on like their superhero costume or whatever, and then the walk of shame the next morning. <laughs> like when you, I literally, I remember Seeing one people walking one home Halloween, in their costumes. You, you see Batman and his ass is ripped out, <laughs> and you're like, and it's like ten in the morning, and he's like limping down the street, and you're like, what happened to you, Batman? Rough night. If you've never been to West Hollywood on Halloween during normal times, it is a shit show it, it's it's beyond imagination it is and not just gay people either women all are, it's just a giant party yeah it's it's, it's nutty i but, think it started as a as a gay party and now it's just a party now it's yeah. just a massive but shit did they show. even do it this year like probably no not. no because so. they, these people love level. rules they used to be cool and they used to be out there and fringe and now they rebels. just they love rules they didn't wear condoms during the aids epidemic yeah. and now they're wearing masks now that yeah now they're wearing as far as the gays well first off i never really considered myself part of it, it doesn't it's like asking you are you part of the straight community but i, I know it's a little bit different than that especially like, in west hollywood yeah but so I never go out. However, I did go to the Abbey a couple of weeks ago because I have a friend from out of town, uh, my friend Douglas Murray, who maybe you've seen on my podcast. He's a conservative author from the UK. He's a really brilliant guy. He happens to be gay. And we were like, all right, we're going to go to the Abbey for brunch. <laughs> and we went to the Abbey and you got to sit there in the mask and distance and right. blah, blah, blah. But several guys came up to me and said, hey, Dave, I'm a big fan. And nobody, as far as I could tell, nobody was giving me the evil eye. Now, That's I funny. have no doubt that you're right if I was just walking down Santa Monica. I mean, luckily, on, on it's not day. YouTube. So the average hater in real life, for the most part, doesn't go right, up right, and right. say anything. Well, that's the other thing. You know, these people are very brave behind keyboards. But, right. But generally speaking, I maybe twice in my entire life have I had people come up to me to say anything negative. What did they uh, say the two times? Well, one that? time, one time he didn't even say anything. I was at Ikea <laughs> and I was standing. I wouldn't imagine you as an Ikea man. Love Ikea. Would you still we shop at just, Ikea today with your success? Yes. Or was this pre we, I was just at Ikea a couple of days ago. 
I was just at I, I hate Ikea. You know, I mean, I love it. Yeah. But every time I go in there, you go in for one thing. Oh, it'll take me 20 minutes, three hours later. Four hours later, you yeah. just are lost in the in the lampshades or something. Yeah. But I kind there's something about that that I like. There's something about being Simple, in a giant cheap. store and everybody from every walk of life. Because it's like America. It's a Swedish <laughs> store in America, but there's everything there. Oh, yeah. None of it's Diversity, that great. For sure. But you feel like you're doing something. And in better times, you know, now the uh the little uh, lunch area is closed, but you could get your Swedish meatball yeah. or your chicken finger right, right. and uh, that kind of stuff. But you can't do that now because of the the serious pandemic that mm -hmm. we have there. Cafeteria. Not, you're not going to just sit. out of business. Is that right? I love soup plantation. No more forever. I don't think I've really eaten soup since I moved to LA. <laughs> so, oh, no, yeah, soup plantation more. is called soup plantation, but they have they, soup, salads, pizza, breads. It was well. Apparently, they don't have anything. They have nothing now. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's yeah. a shame. That's a shame. It's a real tragedy. I went to Chick Fil A the other day. Uh, Chick-fil-A is delicious. Yeah. I could probably go there once a week. I like in my that. rotation. I feel like I was very, years ago, I was telling people about the chicken sandwich and people mocked me. And and now everyone Now I'm not getting paid sandwich. for this. Dave's Hot Chicken. Have you been there? New chicken place oh, here on Fairfax. Really I haven't good. been there, but I've heard about it really, because really I good. said to my friend, I'm into chicken sandwiches and he said Dave's Hot Chicken. And Dave's I'm, Hot Chicken. I'm Dave. Oh, I, Maybe I'll stop there it. on the way home. It's great. All right. That's yeah. very exciting. Wait, so what? What the hell are we talking about? Ikea? Ikea. Why were we talking about Oh, Oh, the gays. So, you know, I don't know that they, they, whatever the hell it is, like me or hate me, but you would, well, let's put it this way. If, if there is a gay community, that glad and the human the rights campaign, agenda. like, right. And the mafia. They're the, trying to convert us all. The gay mafia, like these people, like if any of that exists, like, yeah, they're not for me. Like Advocate Magazine is not going to write a nice piece about <laughs> me or, or even forget about me. Rick Rennell, who is, was our ambassador to Germany, openly gay. I'm friends with him and, and his husband, Matt. Trump appointed him, so he was the, uh, the highest ranking ambassador, openly gay ambassador ever. This is Mr. Anti-Gay Trump. He was the acting head of national intelligence for a while, and now he's been a huge uh, Trump campaign surrogate. It's like they only write hit pieces about the guy. Peter Thiel, who's another friend of mine, you know, the tech billionaire. It's like they only write hit pieces about these guys. So they don't, they're not for gays. They're for gays that just stay on their knees forever. Right. I got, I got a torn ACL. <laughs> Can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, can't stay down there, there you forever. Stay up. I could have made a couple different jokes there about gays on their knees, <laughs> but I went with the ACL joke. You do stand-up comedy? I'm like half retired. Half retired. You, you see, did I've been funnier for the last five minutes or so. Did you see how we shifted a little? And I was being so a I'm funny. A, I, that's my bread and butter ah. in my stand-up comedy. You know, I make a good 40 grand a year doing it. Very nice. My bills, Very nice. But uh, I, I'm mostly open for more, more famous yeah. people than myself. Who are you opening but, for? Uh, currently, I'm opening for Theo Vaughn, mm -hmm. Andrew Santino. I've opened up for Polly Shore. A bunch of comic. I'm a door guy at the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. all right, so nice. A lot of a lot of door guy or a lot of comedians over there. Yeah, take me on the road. But you, I guess, are half retired. But yeah, did you start in stand up comedy? Yeah, yeah. I so started. How does it? I started in June of '98. I did stand up in New York for about time. for about 12 years, and I had like oh, so you a were lot you of, were in it. Oh yeah, like six nights a week two shows, three shows a night often. Um, I started a couple of comedy clubs in there, like all those guys barking in Times Square. I started mm -hmm. a couple of rooms there that the comics were splitting the profits and it was great. And I could do, I could get two slots, like 20 minutes a night, each night for years. And I was actually a really good comic. I, I always felt like I saw all my guys. So I started in 98. It's an interesting time to start because, you know, there was this idea still, I think that, oh, you could get on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. Now, Johnny Carson retired in 92, but everyone mm -hmm. sort of thought, That's oh, your ticket to yeah. making it in Hollywood is you get a, a, a Tonight Show set, yeah. you kill it, then you get a TV show. Exactly. But yeah. the thing is, Seinfeld. the 
thing is Seinfeld, Roseanne Barr, Tim mm. Allen, yeah. Louis Anderson, literally everybody, Ellen DeGeneres, every, that's how it happened for all of those guys. Mm. And I think everybody at that time thought that that's still how it worked. But mm -hmm. Carson was gone already and J uh, Jay Leno had taken over. N name one comic that Jay Leno made. I can't. You can't. And now, even now, it's even less than when you were doing it yeah, in now 98. It's, now it's like you do a Conan doing Joe Rogan is the biggest thing you could do as a comedian. Yeah. It does way more for you than doing Seth Meyers, any of these late night yeah. shows. Yeah, so so Leno, when he took over, he that was way before Rogan and that became what Rogan is now, mm -hmm. obviously. But people thought, oh, if I could just get that five minute set, I'm gonna get on Leno and then I'm gonna get a sitcom and blah, blah, blah. But I literally never saw it happen. So the way I did stand up, I never wanted that like tight five minute set. I would, yeah. I would get on stage and just start winging it and what was in the newspaper that day. And I was always messing with the, messing yeah, so with the crowd. you weren't doing a lot of set material. I was yeah. You were just I never, never did the same set twice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd have a couple jokes ready to roll, but, but anyway, so, I, but I worked the road for a while, did all that. Then I moved out here in 2013. So I'd done stand up for like 14 years. You were from then, New York in 2013 to you. Yeah, to, to LA. And then I didn't do stand-up. I started doing uh, my show on the Young Turks, and then I didn't do stand-up for about two years. But I always had that itch, you know, like you can't mm -hmm. get it. It's like in you. It's just- it's, Oh, that it's high just, of getting a crowd no, laughing yeah. at you. Yeah, nothing yeah, Nothing it. like it. So uh, about, what was it, maybe three years ago or so, maybe a little more, I was like, all right, you know what? I had kept saying it on my show that I'm going to start doing stand-up again because people kept saying to me, I want to see you do stand-up. So I was like, all right, let me do it. So I booked one night at the comedy store in the upstairs the belly room. room. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I absolutely crushed. Like literally every comic was like, who the fuck are you? Like, where do you come from? Like what? And, uh, and then from there I called my agent and I was like, all right, let, let's start doing this. And then, so in the last three years, although I don't do stand-up often, when I was on tour with Jordan, if we were all over the country, if I just had an off night, I would I would just sell out the club. And I literally sold out every club I did. And I can do an hour of just kind of what's on my Talking mind about, and like yeah, shooting the shit events. with people and I like do, do a little Q&A. Do you feel a pressure to get political in your standup because your show is political? No, because it's... Uh, I feel pressure in that I like talking about it. Mm -hmm. So like- It just you know, happens I'll, without even wanting to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, the first show that I did back was I did the um, Irvine, what is it in Irvine? Irvine Improv. I did the Irvine Improv. Center, yeah. And the uh, the manager came up to me and this, now I will pat myself on the back for a second. She said, I've been working here for 20 years. That was the first uh, sto uh, sold out standing ovation I had ever seen. Wow. Um, and I just absolutely crushed it. I did about an hour and then I brought uh, Bob Saget on. Oh, to come and mess yeah. around at the end, which uh -huh. was great. And Bob and I have become good friends. So I love stand-up, but like I, the thing is I don't need it. And, sure. Yeah, it's you not know, your your job anymore. So how did but how did that happen where you transitioned out of stand-up? Yeah. Um, well, I started doing a show on Sirius XM when I was in New York. Okay. Um, and it was they threw me on the gay channel because gay people should have their own radio stations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There should be separate. And at that point, separate you, but you equal. You don't have enough going on where you, you just take whatever you can get. You're not going to bite the hand and feed it. So you're like, yep, I'll be the gay guy, whatever you want. And I begged them. I was like, every day, I was like, guys, please put me on a political channel. I don't want to be here. And yeah. they just didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't get it. And then, and then finally, I made the move to LA. And the reason I did that was my friend Melissa Roush, who was uh, in my comedy crew. You know, everyone's got their their crew. Mm -hmm from the old days, uh, Melissa, who you probably know as Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. Okay. Uh, Big Bang Theory? The Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. It's a popular show. It was a yeah. popular comedy yeah. program. Uh, she came back, she moved to LA and that's where her career took off. And she came back once and she's like, Dave, you gotta move. You gotta move. It's all in LA, just move. Mm -hmm. And then the second I moved here, everything started working. 
That's great. So yeah. how did you get connected with the uh, the intellectual dark web? How did it happen where you started going on the road with Jordan Peterson? So Jordan, it's funny. I, I had Jordan and Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, on my show. I think this is around January of 2017, maybe, 2018. And with the three of us were on. And that night, Jordan was doing a theater show for the first time at the Orpheum downtown LA, which is probably in- Yeah, and probably since been then he's probably sold that down out by a now. bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. has. And uh, he was doing his show that night. And Ben, me, Ben, and him had a, had a really interesting conversation for about two hours on my show. And he's literally walking out the door of my house. And I think he was heading straight downtown to go to the Orpheum. And kind of as a joke, I said, hey, Jordan, you know, if you want me to come tonight, I'll open up the crowd. I'll make them laugh. I'll make some lobster jokes, some silly references. And he's like, yeah, come on down. Let's do it. Like, didn't even hesitate. It was yeah. just like, just like that. And I really was just sort of saying it. Like, I wasn't like, I wasn't trying to like Mac on his kid. Right, right, like, right. let me open up in front right, of those right. three guys. You weren't guys. trying to be aggressive. You were like, I'll do it. No. And I did it. And, and that really, I think that night was the moment my career changed because I walked on stage that night. You know, the Orpheum, it's probably like two, 3,000 people totally sold out. And at this out. point, did so did a lot of the audience know who you were? Did you have a following at this point? Yeah, you're good. that's a good question because yeah. that's exactly what I was going to get to <laughs> right here. Uh, I the, the announcer, so they didn't announce that I was going to be there because it was mm -hmm. just, you know, two hours before the show or whatever. The, the PA guy says, uh, you know, silence your phones, blah, blah, blah. And now the host of the Rubin Report, Dave Rubin, and the audience went bananas. I mean, screaming, 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 standing ovation before I even got out, you know, so fully cool. out there. And I couldn't believe it. I, I had, I had no idea that these people even knew who I was, but that shows you that these podcasts and the YouTube stuff that, that it actually works. And basically I, I crushed it up there. And then Jordan's agents were on the side and they're like, you got an agent? And I was like, I do. And I was like, well, we want to work. They were like, well, we want to work with you. I was like, let's make it happen. And I signed with CAA and they set up the tour and then oh, yeah, a, a Colette, year and a half uh, later. Colette Silverstein oh, yeah. says hi. Yeah, oh yeah, Colette. You friends yeah, yeah. with her? Yeah, yeah. What's she doing these days? I don't know. I think she's uh in the middle of looking for her next thing. Oh, her interesting. Next. I she, always liked Colette. She, she nice, was yeah. she was Ari's assistant at yes. CAA. Not yeah. Ari, not Ari Ari. If you wanna if you need proof that I'm funny, if I haven't <laughs> proved it here, ask Colette. She saw me at uh at the ice that's house that's what she told me she saw me at the ice house she one said, night say I, hi she said he's hilarious she tell you, he's a nice i mean guy. i i freaking okay, brought yeah. down the house on that room i love I, the ice house yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the first club in la that gave me spots oldest comedy club in the country Incredible is that right venue. it's the oldest comedy club in the well, country i thought um, pips i thought pips in brooklyn so no the uh, person or, who or sheep's he was the the New York Improv. So Bud Freeman would say yeah. his was the first comedy club in the country, but the Ice House also claims they both. Well, the New York it. Improv, but that also disappeared for a while. The, yeah, it's the gone now. It's, it's not it, yeah, Oh, yeah. But so the, there you go. So, so they could at least claim the oldest comedy club still standing still, gotcha. in the country, but that has just got bought out by the guy who owns the Lakers, now owns the Ice House. Gotcha. Gotcha. As well. Do you have anything in your life that you need help on that I could give you advice on? I'm a <laughs> unlicensed therapist. Yes, I'm yes. Really I know, smart. I know. I know I didn't, you know, when you guys sent us the email. So you said to me before, how did, how did it end up that you end up here? And, you know, I get like a gajillion emails a day. People want me to do all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually like I like doing this, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So like I quickly glanced at your stuff, but I said to my guys, do you think this is worth doing? And he seems like a nice guy. All right, whatever. Um, but then when I saw the name of the show, Unlicensed Therapy, I was like, all right, there's some angle here. There, there's something. <laughs> it's you know not I mean? much. It's mainly just an interview, but then yeah. I like to, I like so to help there, out. Is there something that you can help we, me with anything. as an unlicensed therapist. I could help you out with anything. I'm really smart. 
Yeah? Yeah. I'm not the guy that anyone goes to for advice, but I do care about you. Well, I would say at the moment, my main concern is that if Biden wins and these lefty nutbags are empowered in this psychotic state that we live in, in this in this more <laughs> psychotic happen. town, well I, I'm going to need some security. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I guess a, that's not a I'm a gun owner, but so are you. I, I just got my second gun this week. What kind? I got a uh, I got a shotgun this time. I have a I have a Beretta have a handgun, I have a Beretta a handgun like a John Wick style, and then I got the shotgun. I am building a camper van currently. I bought ah. this old Ford van. And I'm turning it into a camper so that I could kind of my escape mobile. I could if shit goes crazy, I'm out in my van. My sister in law is up in uh, Seattle building a tiny home. So yeah, if you want to if you want to throw that tiny home on the back of the camper van, <laughs> perfect. Or I'll just go and stay with your sister in law in Seattle. It's it's very tiny. Well, I'll bring my van. I'll stay in the oh, van. Oh, you next stay in the van, and yeah, yeah. Is she? She's not single. She's, um, it could be worked on. Okay, she, perfect. You know, she's got this guy. Well, I can get rid of him. I'm a gun yeah, owner. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, in are my you single? Van, are you single? Yeah, I'm looking for love. All looking right. for true unconditional love. Okay. Every day, it's a struggle. Oh, unconditional. I don't know that I can. Yeah, I'm either. looking for a lady that'll love me like a like as much as she would love her child, but in a romantic capacity. But I, I could do no wrong. Like if I cheated on her, she'd still stay with me. No matter, not that I would do that, but if I did, I'd want her to stay with me. I can see why this therapy is unlicensed. <laughs> <laughs> In my van, I'm building a gun container, a, gu- a secret gun compartment for a rifle. But you just announced it. Good point. Yeah. I'm going to edit this out. I'm yeah. edit this part yeah, out. Yeah, you got to get rid of this part. But yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I built this beautiful hardwood gun shelf right in there. So I have a handgun like you and a shotgun, but I'm going to get a M14 rifle. Can I tell you, I was once on a plane right before lockdown. I was flying to New York Red Eye, first class. You know, I'm a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm on one of those things. I looked up your net worth. It was you one of those. Whatever that says, I assure you, I'm not close 12 to. Million. That's what it 12 million. 12 what? 12 million dollars. That is so bananas, ridiculous over what I have. That's actually completely insane. I, I was thinking under. No, 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 no. no. Okay. I do not have $12 million. Not I yet. would love not yet. to have $12 million. I don't have half $12 million. Anyway, uh, I'm, it's for, first class. Bragging, you know. This is why you don't and, have twelve million dollars. Um, if you don't I'm have twelve million, you class. can't be flying first class. No, I know you got to yeah. sit in the back and then you save it up. But anyway, it's one of those you know one seater first class things. You know, sometimes they got two and then you got the one and then mm-hmm. two. I'm in the one, and sitting next to me in the other one across the way, Keanu Reeves. Ooh, I and love I was like, him. this is actually the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like I was like, I I wouldn't mind if we got hijacked right now. Like if there was ever a time <laughs> to get hijacked, Keanu. Like and the guy. He was so exactly what you would want him to be. Did not look at his phone once. Sat there the entire time. All he did was crack his knuckles. All he kept doing like was crack repeatedly. His, rep- he just kept for, for like him? six hours, just cracking his knuckles. Like an unhealthy amount. Where you're like, why is he cracking his knuckles so no, much? Or just I don't a know. cool amount. I don't know if it was just unhealthy. It, it, cracking his nut. You know, doing this with the neck, back and forth, stretching this, that. Never turned on the TV. Never read anything. Didn't eat anything. Dressed in all black. And the funny thing is, I hadn't seen John Wick 3 yet. Oh, my God. And the worst I kinda, of the John Wick's still good, though. Still good. Those movies are good. And I kind of wanted to watch it, but then I didn't want to be like... <sighs> was it on that airplane you yeah, were on? Yeah, and it was on the plane. And, you know, it's very bright. You know, the the poster for that thing, Parabellum, it's very, like, uh, you know, synthwave pink and whatever. And I was like, oh, he's going to see me watching it, and then I'm the guy watching the Keanu Reeves. I would have put it on and then tapped him on the shoulder and been like, I support you. Nah, I ended up he watching... I watched Never Ending Story. Which is also pretty good. Pretty good. The opposite of John Wick. Yeah, total opposite of John Wick. Wait, so did you have anything you needed? No, no. So I asked on? you for security help, which I guess I guess you can't security do. Security so help. Psychological. Of, yeah, psychological security. Obviously, I am really strong, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. I could definitely help you with that. Um, psychological help. 
you know, I'm basically all right at the moment, I would say. I'm basically, <laughs> you want something? I don't know. Bullshit pull, pull, answer. Well, how about pull something out of me? Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bad therapist. therapist. Yeah. yeah, I'm lazy. Okay, okay. I mean, pull Your something. marriage is good. Yeah, marriage is good. Like, Come on, you got to be bored. With what? Just, you've been, married, have, been with him 10 years no 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 no. if you marry the right person you can do all the weird shit that you want to do <laughs> you can you can keep that going also it's different with two guys it's different because somebody th there's always a blowjob you know what i mean like it's it, it's not gonna a day's not gonna go by sounds pretty good yeah hmm. you want this unconditional love with this woman that doesn't exist so far it hasn't happened for me it's <laughs> But I'm still looking. Yeah. I'm still I'm on Tinder. I'm trying I'm to swiping. think. I, I suppose I have some kind of problem that I could use some help with. Uh, I got a, Everyone's we got a, got like, a like a leak in the upstairs bathroom. <laughs> so it's, I, I guess I have physical things you that have, I need. You have to, just uh, chores. I You're saying mostly, you need someone to do your chores. Yeah. yeah. You want to walk my Isn't dog? That, like, what are we talking what's about? What's your here? assistant name? Brenda? My, Helen. Brenda? Helen. Isn't that Helen's job to do that? I, I don't ask her to walk the dog. She ha She's she's dog sat, but I don't ask her to walk the dog. That's nice of her. Yeah. Okay. We'll skip that. We'll go on to I get callers. And they're going to call in with issues, which I should have prepared ahead of time, but I'm going to load up on the computer. Hey, Ari, this is Benny calling from Denver, Colorado. I'd just like to start out by saying I'm a big fan of yours, longtime listener. And I have kind of an uncomfortable question that I haven't talked to about with any of my friends. But uh, I'm in a new relationship, a gay relationship with another man. And he has been asking me to eat his ass which is something I've never done before. I'm not comfortable with it. To be frank, it's kind of disgusting to me, just the thought. But uh, I don't know. Do I man up and do it? Um, how do I react to yeah. this? They're, they've even held out there saying, I won't have sex with you tonight unless you eat my ass. Well, that seems... Um, I feel like that's kind of a threat. Um, they told me it's kind of selfish if I just want to have sex with them but not eat their ass. <laughs> I don't know. Is it an unhealthy yeah, relationship? Should I end it, or should I just man up and uh, and do it? Eat Thanks the for ass. Thanks for taking my call. Oh. Yeah. I was gonna say eat, eat the ass too. Eat the ass. I've eaten ass. Eat the ass. You eat know the what I mean? But what? Try it. But then he th then he said, if you don't eat my ass, I'm not gonna have sex with you. That seems yeah, not yeah. cool. Also, nobody wants to be eating ass while being threatened. You know what I mean? Like I, well, would, I guess probably somebody. Does. I would say eat the next guy's ass without them asking to. Get over that fear of yours. Yeah. As long as you know if the, if they're showered and clean, eat the ass. Yeah. But that guy, I'd say ditch that guy. <laughs> you can't. I if a girl was like, if you don't eat my ass, I'm not gonna fuck you. I'd be yeah. Like, Oh uh, yeah, leave then. Yeah, what, or not leave because uh, you, you know won't what? fuck me, but like, you know don't threaten saying? me like that. I appreciate that, and I understand your thinking. But it seems like he likes this guy. Eat the ass. What I always say is, you try something, and then if if your gut goes horrifically awry, then you reevaluate. So you eat that ass, and then think about it after. And eat see it in the feel. shower if you're worried yeah, about it. Shower ass, or make him uh, douche his ass, or uh, I don't. Know, uh, I don't like the word douche. <laughs> I don't like it. But what yeah, what do you use instead? It just seems it, it's not that often that I need to say douche. Well, I if I was eating a man's ass or a woman's yeah. ass, I just want to make sure it's clean. Yeah. So I gotta. No, I got you. I just. I yeah, like it. it's not a good. It's not a pleasant word. It seems unpleasant to me. I could think of to me when a when someone calls a woman's vagina a roast beef sandwich. Yeah, horrible. Really horrible. grosses me out. Here we got a couple more calls. <laughs> <laughs> this question's for Dave. Dave. I'm a closeted conservative living in Los Angeles, and I'm having a hard time finding like-minded women. In your opinion, 
What's the best way to meet hot chicks that I can put a baby inside of? One that they won't terminate. That seems like a bad question for you, though. <laughs> no, I know where hot chicks are. Where? Okay, here we where go. Where are I'm hot chicks? For unconditional well, love. I, well, I used to know where. I knew where people were. Now I don't know where anyone is. Nobody knows where anyone is because you can't. You can't yeah. go anywhere. You know what I mean? Pink I tacos open. Pink tacos open. We're we're right by Pink Taco. Perfectly fine taco, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there used to be some cool places to go. I used to love uh, Boa Steakhouse over here. You ever go to Boa? I think I've been there once, on, but that's a good sunset, place right to over meet here. people? Well, yeah, it was like kind of like, because it was kind of indoor, outdoor, kind of like cool Hollywood, but not totally cunty, but like also <laughs> like a little celebrity-ish, something like that. But if you want to find a conservative woman in LA, in LA <sighs> internet, you got to go on the internet. I'm just not, I don't know how to approach a stranger at any place. I hear about people picking up chicks at a bar or a restaurant or a but not gym anymore. or you a grocery store. Yeah, during normal times. Yeah. But I've never been able to go up to a girl on a treadmill and be like, hey, I'm Ari. I yeah. can't, I'm not doing that. I'm not, it's too uncomfortable, especially getting what about rejected on an in that setting. <laughs> Maybe an elliptical. Yeah, because that's it's a little more sl- approachable. Yeah, it's a little more controlled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Ari. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I got a problem I was hoping that you could help me with. I'm in the entertainment industry. I'm an actor. Um, I've been up and an moved to Hollywood too? about 20 years ago, and I've had really no success at all. And my wife wants to move back to Nebraska. She thinks I should quit acting and go back to Nebraska and uh, work on a farm or something and abandon this acting dream, and I'm wondering what you think I should do. Um, I've really had no success, so I have no reason to continue and see that things would get better acting. Um, So should I move, or should I stick it out and hope that something happens? Did you say 20 years? 20 years. I'd be done. Move. Thank you. Your wife wants to move. Family first. You sound like a dud. (laughs) He doesn't sound thrilled, but and twenty years is a long time to give something. It really is. I I would never tell someone to to not follow their dream. Like you, I think you, it's your job to follow your dream mm-hmm. in life. But then you know something also happens in life when you get to a certain age and you go, man, if I gave this thing all I got, like, I, and I remember thinking that because you know what it's like with stand up, like, yeah, those, those freaking yeah, the low, right yeah, now. and it's like, and you're like, ah, am I ever going to really make it, or is anyone mm-hmm. going to ever really pay attention to this, or whatever it is. That's the weird thing with me with stand-up because for the years that I cared about it, that I really cared about stand-up, nobody was showing up for me. I was just one of eight guys right. on at the club right. and whatever. Now I don't care about it and people show up for me. It's it's a very it's weird, I'm not, I'm not complaining, yeah. but it's like, it's like a very weird thing. But like at some point you do something for 20 years and it doesn't work. Well, now you're, you're a different age, your, your needs it's and desires be might be different. You may have to figure out another skill. I hope, I hope he can farm in Nebraska. <laughs> I think that sounds pretty good to me. Actually, now's a great time to give Nebraska lifestyle a shot. Yeah, you know, Hollywood shut down. There's no acting work. If they are, it's over Zoom. If you're yeah. auditioning, it's a, it's over email. So I would go give it a shot and make your wife happy. Well, I'm guessing also that he's probably in his 40s because he said he's been doing this for 20 years. So let's say he mm-hmm. moved out here when he was 20. Um, if he's white, get the hell out for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going to hire a white, a straight white guy. Is there anything I guess worse? I should leave too then. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree with that too. Holly, first yeah. off, Hollywood shut down. Doesn't matter what skin color you are, or what gender, or what sex- sexuality. But yeah, especially as but we don't know his race. Yeah, could have been. 
Yeah, but I, he, he sounded he, white. He read white to me, and he was thinking about he going to Nebraska. Sounded like a not only a, like a dud of a white guy. <laughs> sounded boring. Like I'm surprised you listened to me because of how boring you sound. Play the last uh, voicemail. Thanks for calling. Though. I appreciate you listening. Hey Ari, thank you for taking my call. I'm going through an identity crisis. Uh, much like our country, I don't know what to do. I'm a black man with big oh, called it blackish, and I, I want to support Black Lives Matter, but. I've been listening to Kanye West, and I recently gave my my life to our Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, and, and now I'm just torn. Uh, I don't know what to support. Do I go with my heart, or do I go with my cock? Can you please help? Thank you. Do you say cock? Cock. Do you say, well, I don't see said? why. I don't see go why. Go with my heart or go with my cock. So Trump is his heart, and who's the, and, and, and Biden's the, the cock? Biden's the cock? Oh, right, because Black Lives Matter is Biden. Right, I mean, and his cock is black. I'd like to think that you could marry the heart and the cock. You know, that's what that's what the key to life is. You know what I mean? Like, find someone you love that you also want to stick it in. Yeah, I don't know that that was exactly the question, <laughs> but I got to do what you got to do. It sounds like he wants to go for Trump. If you yeah. want to go for Trump, why are you letting you? He's basically letting the people around him dictate who he votes for, and that's not right. Yeah, you don't want just because your friends are saying you should vote for Trump or vote for Biden. No, you should vote for who you want to vote for. You're what kind of person do you want to be? You know, like that's what it all comes down to. Like, do you want to be the type of person that there's a problem and you go out and fix it? Like in every movie, right? Every movie, what does the good guy do in every single movie? Frodo wasn't like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'll, you know, can somebody <laughs> else throw the ring in the thing? I didn't really like those movies. Did you like them? I did, but yeah. it's okay. But you got what I'm, I see. I'm, I'm not going to kick you out. I don't to bring the ring to yeah. the place, you know? And like, I don't know. It seemed he was like a little whiny. I, yeah. I don't like it. Frodo wasn't whiny. He's a little or, bitch. He, yeah, he was. Or it's like Luke wasn't like, I don't. I don't want to go to the Death Star. Can't someone else do it? Or Neo or any of these. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take they the red pill. Right. Like you go out and do it. So it's like you, that's what you're supposed to do in your own life. Like whatever it is, like try it. You got to try it. And then if you're 20 years in and it ain't working, then Maybe you go give, to Nebraska. You go to Nebraska. You give the ring to somebody else. You say, fuck that ring. <laughs> I'm going to Nebraska. Well, I think that's sound advice. We discussed a lot of things. Are there anything I left out? You could think of anything you want to ask, Marco. Abby, do you have any questions? Um, what level of like black build are you? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like a lot of my friends are like, uh, they get they start off Democrat, right? And then they start and they realize that like the media is kind of dishonest and they lose trust, and then they and then they end up supporting Trump, and then some get so deep in it where they go, oh, the whole system's fucked. They're all the same, and there's yeah. It's a good question. I've been thinking about this a bit because with this, with the situation that we literally have right this second, where it's like, are we going to get out of this? Are we going to do this for months? Are they just going to steal it for Biden? The whole thing, like the amount of people who will just check out, right? That that's the way I kind of think of blackpilled more. Like you're just like, oh, it's just fucked. Like I'm not going to pay attention. I'm just going to do whatever I have to do in my life, which at a certain level makes sense. You you should, but then at a societal level, like you can't have a, a, a society has to be aspirational. It can't just be like, oh, the whole thing's broken. There's no hope and all that. I would say I couldn't do this for a living if I was like black pilled in that way. Right. You know, I, I talk to guys like Michael Malice, who maybe you know, who I who I think is a, yeah. a brilliant political thinker, and he's like a real anarchist type. And he's kind of along that line of thinking, yet he still manages to be funny and edgy and interesting. But I think if I had that outlook, I think, well, I always say I'm a, I'm a world-weary optimist. Like, if, if I didn't think that things could get better, 
I don't know how I could do this. You right. Know, like, I just, like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. And by the way, you see plenty of people that, oh, that do some version of politics or whatever it is that I'm doing that over time, they start getting more bitter and broken down and whatever. And I'm really trying to avoid that. And I, for me, the way of avoiding it is I don't think politics is everything. I don't, I don't think about politics on the weekends. I don't tweet on the weekends. Like you I do love, your no uh, phone August. I do, I do August four years in a row of no phone, no news, no nothing. August, um, you know, like we love to cook and to eat and to fuck and to whatever it is that we want to do. All the things and, everyone likes. Yeah, and I got a basketball court in my house. And you have a full court basketball half court, half court, half court. <laughs> twelve they, million, I think he does. I don't know, Los 12 Angeles, million. twelve half million court basketball hoop. Trust me, man. If I had if I had twelve million, I've had the full court. I would. <laughs> but yeah. my agent's building a full court. Oh, yeah. Ari. You know what? I have to go after yeah. this? No shit. I have to go to, because I told you I have a torn, I've, I'm, I'm actually missing an ACL in my left knee. Mm -hmm. I, I heard it playing basketball yeah. years ago. And then I, about a year ago, I went to get an MRI because I had hurt my shoulder and I was going in. Have you ever had an MRI? Yeah. Once when I was a kid. So I'm going into the machine and the guy's like, Hey, is anything else bothering you? As long as you're in the machine. And I was like, well, actually four years ago, I hurt my knee and it's never been right. So then I get the results the next day. He's like, I got good news and bad news. He's like, your shoulder's fine. Uh, you don't have an ACL in your left knee. So I ripped it playing basketball years ago and then I just never did anything and I just don't even have it. So I'm going after because I don't live on this side of the So hill. you're getting a dead guy's ACL? I'm, I'm actually going to have my leg replaced and I'm going to have a prosthetic. No, I'm going to the uh, custom brace. I had it. They're going to fit me. And I'm going to be one of those guys on the basketball court that looks like half robot, you know? Ah, you're there's entering not, your 40s. I know. There's nothing. It's the saddest. It's, it's you have good skin, though. How do you keep your skin so nice? I don't do anything. People really? ask me. People Just ask me. Good genes. Well, I think I might have a little powder. I was on camera this morning, so I have a little oh, powder. Oh, that's what it is. Is that what it is? You it's cheated. My, yeah, a little powder. No, it looks good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing the podcast, Dave. It's my really appreciate it. Um, honor to have you on, and I hope to see you again sometime. So are you funny? Are you funny when you're on stage? No. It's just like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I say very offensive stuff. My yeah. my comedy is like, I do gay jokes, sexist oh, jokes, jokes, all just Jeez. all the topics you're not supposed to talk about as a comic. That's yeah. what I like. I'm a naughty. I call but myself it, a naughty boy up there. But what's the deal? People at comedy clubs now. Oh, right now. Yeah. So comedy is definitely slowed down in LA. All the shows are outdoor shows. I was in Phoenix God. two weekends ago doing a club there yeah. where they're like half capacity shows. So they're, it's all half open. I do stand up here and there now. But before this, I was out every three out of four weekends a month. Yeah. I was on the road. So, I'm, yeah, I was a road dog. Now I'm kind of just focusing on my podcast and making stupid sketches and doing stand-up when I can, when they ask me to. That's the plan. The dream. The dream, baby. Doing it. Anything you want to plug or say? No. That's it. I think, I think we're there. Check out the Ruben Report. There you go. <laughs> he, he, you're right, but every listener counts, and he may get four listeners from this. Anything, anything's possible. Anything's possible at this point. Your career is made from doing my podcast. You're welcome. This you're could welcome be it. for having you on. This could be it now. You're yeah. I made you like you the old me. days. This is like the Carson Tonight Show. When That's you what get they said your to full me. court basketball court, I, want the full court. I get the half court one. You owe me that. Nice. I get your old. Oh, house. you are the old court. When you get a new house, I get your old. You one. get. You have to give it to me from doing my podcast. Well, you know, Bill Maher lives in what was Ben Affleck's house. He got Ben Affleck's and, hand and me downs. They, yeah, and they have a isn't full, Bill Maher, full court basketball court. By isn't the way. Bill Maher like worth as much as Ben Affleck? I guess not. Ben I mean, Affleck. Maher's got serious money, but they I doubt. Both. I doubt he has Affleck money. You kind of now that you say it, you kind of look like uh, Ben Affleck a little bit. 
I thought you were going to say Bill Barr. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah, they got into that big fight. Yeah. About their house? No, no, no. They got into a big fight about, um, that's one of the things that like, yeah, it's a whole other story. Whole other story. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that covers everything. Thank you again. See you guys next week. You're listening to you listening to unlicensed 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 unlicensed, unlicensed. unlicensed therapy with Ari Manis. Ari Manis.